Hey everybody, welcome to the penultimate what? Penultimate episode of Wild Wild Will. The huh? om- the second to last episode of Wild Wild Will. Is that really what that word means? And are you pronouncing it correctly? Penultimate, I think. Uh, do we have to look this up? Penultimate. No, he's pronouncing it correct, and it is the correct meaning. Thank but you, But does it just sound weird? Penultimate. <laughs> it it does. His ultimate <laughs> sounds kind of final. Even the little... Even the little, what would you call the thing before ultimate? Is that a hyphen? (laughs) What? Um, An apostrophe? (laughs) No, no, no. Like pen. Like before penultimate. Never mind. You know what? But also, like, Will Smith's not dead. He's going to have more movies, and I'm sure we'll cover them. So then after this, it's Emancipation. We are at King Richard, the movie that led to the slap of Chris Rock. Dude. Which I've been saying, Chris Rock should have been spanked instead of slapped, and it would have been a lot better. What, What's like, the angle on that? Of the spanking? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like if he got spanked, like um. Oh, because if, all right. It, well, well, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but if Will Smith what? went up on stage at the Oscars, and Chris Rock was being a little bad boy up there, a little baby bad boy, saying mean things about Chris or about Will Smith's wife. And he pulled down his little pants and spanked his his booty cheeks. I think mm. people would be pro Will Smith in that situation. Have he spanked his little booty cheeks like um, a bad boy? No, I don't. A hundred percent. It would have been much that better for Will Smith. Like more abusive to like it's show cute. his bare ass to everyone than it's just it. cuter, you know. I don't. Clap okay. those cheeks. Can we also just talk about too? We saw that moment live. Like, we really do sit around and watch the Oscars and the Golden Globes and all that shit. And we saw it happen live. And honestly, the joke was nothing to me. Like, when he just, like, quickly called um, Jada G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane too. Like, it, like, wasn't even, like, that good of a joke that, mm. like, to me, to be offended by it is so like embarrassing because like it just like wasn't even it's like like a joke told like a thousand times you know what i mean it's like a knock knock joke where it's just like that is like such low hanging fruit that you can't even be bothered by it because it's like almost embarrassing to grab that fruit that's hanging so low and yeah so in a weird way does that mean will smith kind of saved the night because if he didn't slap chris rock the next day all of us would be in like Man, Chris Rock told a really fucking lame ass joke, but because he got slapped, no one's focusing. I mean, we are focusing on the joke now, but people are like caught up on the slap. What do we think? No, because Chris Rock was doing fine. Like, like no one's going on the Oscars and like crazy killing it because it's just like not that kind of hosting gig. But Chris Rock was doing absolutely fine. And I think if Will Smith had just stayed in his goddamn seat, the next day, we just all would have been talking about how Will Smith had finally won a fucking Oscar. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, we ha- we watched it happen live, and it was so confusing. Because, like, he does this, and all of a sudden, Will Smith's like, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Keep-. And you're like, it's, like, not 100% audible. You're like, who is yelling? What are they yelling? And then you see it's Will Smith, and you're like, Huh? Is this a bit? Because it felt like a bit. 
Mm. And then he gets up and he goes on stage and it is just like the most ridiculous slap where it's like there's a big old wind up. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Chris Rock because Chris Rock handles it, I think, pretty well in the moment where it's just like he's kind of dumbfounded. And like they cut and they start showing audience and it's just like very confusing because part of me the whole time we're just like looking at each other. I'm like, is this a bit? Mm. Is this real? Because like Will Smith is saying things but like his like facial expression isn't necessarily matching it where like he looks like a super pissed off guy just like seemed like weird acting across the board from everybody and then we're on like twitter and everybody on twitter is like what the fuck like real outlets are like uh what's going on who's in the room and then i think it was like an australian tv channel had it up first right mark like on twitter where like they like showed you will smith like yelling fuck and stuff like that mm. and it was just very confusing for the rest of the night and then it was like more confusing because to me you're like oh if this is real he's leaving like you just hit someone on live tv you you must surely be getting up and exiting but he doesn't he stays and he's in the front row and like during commercial break and all over Twitter, you're just like seeing other celebrities come and like console him, which like felt super fucking weird. And it's all just made weirder just because him and Jada have like a very weird relationship where she like openly cheated on him and he's crying on red table talk. And like, you know, unfortunately for her too, I feel like people have like a bad taste in their mouth about her just because like i don't know people just hate, hate black women generally speaking so they start blaming Do, two wait, what yes i think well, like just the way you said it you're fine with them though right no but i'm saying like okay. as a society All right. i feel like we come down harshest on black women like black women are not allowed to be anything less than perfect they're not allowed to have like emotions and like opinions without like serious thoughts on it which is like obviously ridiculous but you know like will smith did something shitty and will and jada got a lot of the shit for his behavior which is like pretty nasty but yeah the whole thing was just like one of the wildest things i've seen and then he wins and he's up there crying and it's like you just don't know how to fucking feel in that moment I would have cried if I got slapped on stage. Going back to your Chris Rock point, <laughs> I would have been like, I probably would have blubbered. So he didn't do any blubbering. Um, I mean, he seems very strong too, Will Smith. Like that had to be like a painful. Yeah, slap. he played Ali. Man, his slap is a fucking thunderous hook. Well, I mean, Chris Rock did hit did like a comedy. Like he did stand up and he meant, and he talked about it. And Chris Rock made a good point where he's just like, Will Smith's not like a small man. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm a small man and I'm just getting like beat up by this dude. I would say uh, like, I don't care about uh, Jada. I don't, I just don't care. I don't care about Will Smith in the situation, but I feel like people were kind of um, like, nobody should, nobody has the right to be mad at Chris Rock. And I feel like there was a s- section of the population that was mad at Chris Rock. And you're like, what the dude that was, literally hired to do this literally hired to come up and do this job 
that's who you're mad at in this situation because he made one of the tamest jokes I've ever heard. Yeah. They wanted controversy. They hired a controversial comedian. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, that, the whole thing is crazy. <laughs> it really tainted a lot. But also, I feel like it's really surprising me at this point. And it really shows just like the power of Will Smith because like we're a year out. And I feel like people don't really seem to give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it'll always be in the zeitgeist. It'll be like Tom Cruise jumping on a couch. Except that, you know, Will Smith, like, physically assaulted someone. Um, And people are just, like, cool with it. And, you know, Will Smith really got away with, like, not having to do any sincere apologizing in any way. Like, oh, he left the Academy. But, it's like, after he won an Oscar. So, ooh. It's a tough one because kind of going to your point, Lily. Yes, Will Smith should not be fucking hitting anyone on like a stage like that. And like he shouldn't be hitting anyone even not on the stage. Like you shouldn't be assaulting people, right? Um, At the same time, maybe this is like a straw man argument. We condone so much worser behavior. Worser is not a word worser behavior from so many people and we allow them to thrive and we pay them and we still give them the spotlight so it's kind of this weird thing where i don't know like if you heard will smith slap chris rock like behind the stage and it wasn't filmed but because it was so public and out there like i don't know there's so many people who still have thriving careers after doing like really horrendous shit And they're still in movies. I mean, Mel Gibson, like he's still someone I know he's not on a huge stage in terms of like, he's not going to show up in fucking Marvel movies, but he still has this like career where he shows up in movies yearly. Yeah. And he's still, you know, so it is a tough thing. And that's Matthew not me condoning what. <laughs> yeah, Matthew... Did he murder a bunch of people with a car? <laughs> no, he didn't. He, didn't. Uh, he uh, maybe it was uh, one person or two. <laughs> but fuck that person right here. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, the way there's Mark a lot, was there's saying, there's a lot of pedophiles. There's a lot of people abusing women. There's a lot of yeah. rape. There's so, a lot of shitty, shitty people right. in Hollywood. So yeah, I'm with you, Eric. There's a lot of shitty people. I think, like if Will Smith, that's the problem where in- Hollywood can't come down too hard on Will Smith because it's like, oh well, how about we look in your closet? Yeah, I do think across the board, it's like you know we should probably like eradicate this type of behavior generally speaking yeah like we should as a society be like not acceptable uh will smith should be penalized or maybe he's not allowed at the oscars maybe that's he isn't allowed at the oscars like certain restrictions yes to show like what you did was bad but if high or if like will smith was in high school and slapped someone we wouldn't give a flying fuck where he's like oh my junior year i slapped a kid across the face in high school we think for me fucks the biggest thing is what they did that night. You know what I mean? I think Will Smith shouldn't be hitting people and he's a grown man and he has too much to lose on his big night to be doing bullshit like that. And obviously that is very indicative of like someone going through something very fucking specific. Yeah. But to me, I think the really big problem too was like how the Academy handled it and how they allowed him to stay there and sit front row like that's pretty nasty to do to chris rock someone you paid to be there and host and the rest of the night he has to like 
look at this person who just assaulted him. And I think for me personally, I think maybe that's where a lot of my issue comes with. Like Will Mm. Smith did something wrong. And then we just on live TV, we're just like, you know what? Let him be. It's fine. Right. 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 You know what I mean? I think they should have handled it differently. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe like, um, yeah, the, what was it happening in the immediate should have put, yeah. All right. Yeah. Get behind that. No hitting. King Richard. King Richard, a movie made by a cabal of pedophiles in Hollywood. Uh, Nominated for Best Picture. um, (laughs) Hate that. I hate this. Uh, I kind of want to resign from the podcast already. (laughs) And I'm Um, up. (laughs) You know what, Eric? You're in too deep. I was trying to write like a way that Ebert would, uh, or yeah, uh, Ebert would, uh, would like intro this, but I was, I like something like, I, King Richard, I wish he was more of a kind Richard Siskel serving Mm. backhanded compliments, but that's all I got. That's as far as I got. That's pretty good. Where he would like punt it up a little bit. And then Cisco would be like, Ebert, you're wrong. You're, you're you wrong. Fat fuck. <laughs> you piece of shit. I do not condone what Mark's saying. Wait, Rest they, in they, peace, that was Roger the Ebert. Have you I've watched a documentary or I listened to a podcast that, about Roger um Siskel and Ebert. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was Siskel calling Ebert fat through the whole thing. Yeah, well, they, you know, they like to they, they they like rise around each other. Trade bars off as like competitors. Plus, aren't they really like? Well, they they were always competitors. They were diff- two different. Uh, they were two different newspapers in Chai Town, the yeah. Windy City. I watched the Uber documentary. Um, so this movie is uh, King Richard is about the whole uh, Williams family of uh, Serena and Venus Williams. The famous tennis stars and it's mostly about their upbringing and their dad Richard um, Williams and how he was like a basically like a a tiger mom for them and was training them to be tennis stars he had he, he had the faith in them that they would become tennis stars and he really pushed for those two to become tennis stars and they became tennis stars um, I would just yeah. I mean, the, the the plot is basically him training them to their poverty that they lived in at first. And then, you know, them getting hooked up with kind of by sheer will through Richard, the father um, of of like going to these famous um, trainers and hooking up with them and having them train Venus. Well, mostly Venus in this movie. It's less Serena and more Venus because Serena was two years younger um, and it goes all the way to the point that she, her first pro competition, and I think she ends up losing mm-hmm. at the end of it. But this is like the weird, it's so bizarre. I found this so bizarre, but she loses the match. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a rocky situation where people are like, well, she was only 14 and we still love her type of thing, right? Yeah, was she, she like great. facing like a 35 year old? Yeah, this yeah. It's controversial because the 35 year old might have cheated. Um, and uh, that, which and, let me look up the age. I don't know what her age was. She old. <laughs> she's, she's, she's 48. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the end, like kind of like hurrah moment is that she got a $12 million deal with a Reebok. Yeah. And then it was just like, and the end. So, which is just so bizarre 
because is it's just all it seems like the moral of the story is that it's like all kind of about the money and make sure you get your nut baby see i feel like i just took it as at the end of just like from here on out you know the story like from here on out like you knew who the fuck venus was from here on out you knew who serena was so it's like we stopped the story here because this is where their public story began as where this movie was telling like the private story that's how i took it yeah but also get that bag ladies you get that nut. <laughs> oh, fucking hated that. You get that nut. Stop. Nobody likes that. Dang, I can't find it. This can't be true. It's saying her opponent was 50 years old. That is not no, true. No, that bitch could not have been 50. I know. Where the fuck do I find Are you I getting the right name? Can I tell you the most Probably depressing not. thing about this movie, though? Yeah. The, the most depressing move- thing about this movie is so Will Smith... And again, I'm I'm sure this is like this has to be like a Jim Gaffigan bit. This is like well treaded territory. So I'm not pretending like I'm some like comedic genius bringing up this premise. But the idea that you have to take Will Smith and I saw so let's say I'm Richard Williams, and Will Smith has to ugly himself down to play me would really bum me out. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, hey, we got this really handsome actor, but to play this real life dude that's still alive, he needs to look uglier that he's ever looked on screen before i feel like that would bum me out if i was richard williams okay i'm gonna okay also eric maybe she's 50 right now this is what's wild i'm in google typing king richard movie wikipedia and my google is not bringing me to wikipedia at all it's like refusing to does this not exist what is happening i'm like um your computer hates you i don't know what's going on um okay here's the thing Yes, like let's uglify him. I think my bigger problem, and it happened instantly when the movie started, instantly was why in the living fuck did Will Smith need to talk like a cross between fucking Waterboy and Forrest Gump? Yeah, they dumbified him. That was like offensive to me. Like if I were King Richard, I'd be like, you can definitely stop like the simpleton talk right now like and so i listened to like their voices and while will smith has his cadence down very well king richard does not sound like water boy (laughs) king richard does not sound like forrest gump like he just does not sound like that so it seems like a very disrespectful take to make like no, oh man, like when i talk like him i have to sound extra stupid which like king richard could be a lot of things richard could be a lot of things but he definitely couldn't have been stupid um all right let's do, do your he best deserved the oscar uh will smith deserved that fucking oscar and he blows tom cruise out of the water because cruise has not nabbed an oscar will smith has finally done something that our boy tommy hasn't mm, done he got that gold but that's not what tom cruise is even about no more also tom cruise should have gotten that gold a couple that's times. true that's and, true you know what i'll give it to will smith i feel like um he has other movies that I feel like he should have gotten the Oscar for over this one. So the Oscars are just kind of like up in the air sometimes, I feel like. 
And I feel like Tom Cruise, he's living, he's he's not even in Holly Weird anymore. He's doing his own thing at this point. Like Will Smith is in Hollywood. Yeah. Tom Cruise isn't playing that game. Tom Cruise is cashing checks that his body can't handle or whatever. Yeah, Tom Cruise is literally <laughs> like, if you're working with me, it's because you're my bitch. All right, Lily. Lil, Dude, this is for, this to, is for Eric this too. Is so Do your crazy. best Capote voice. What? What? Oh, sorry. This is fucking crazy. Am I having like an LSD like mental breakdown? I, I'm typing into Google what age was Vicario when she faced Venus Williams, and it just like doesn't exist. This information just doesn't exist. What's her name? So why don't you look up how old she is now and then do the math? The that's math exactly what I have to do. But when has Google ever been this like inefficient? This I'm, is like, why we need uh, Chat GPT. GBT. Yeah, this is crazy. Maybe Google's down. I don't know what's going on. So she was born in 1971. Was that match 94? Yes. Yeah. So what's 94 and 71? So she's 20-something? Dang, dude. So she was playing a 14-year-old? Yeah, yeah, she was like 20-something. Yeah. Damn, that's fucking Here's crazy. The thing. Who gives a shit if she was playing her? It's how she fucking acted. Yeah, she, she was so... Snake. Again, what a bitch. I need both of you to do your best Capote I'm voice. I'm not doing Can't that. Do your best Capote. No. I'm trying to think of a line from uh, the... Philip Seymour just, Hoffman movie. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to write a book. I, yeah, that's kind of his I'm voice. Just, that's actually you, his voice. Can you murder my butt? Okay. Um, AI is getting real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really um, what I just liked about this movie is that the male director mm-hmm. decided to take this really great story about the Williams sisters mm-hmm. who have oh, really did amazing goodness. stuff for tennis right mm-hmm. and i would say at this maybe not right now but in their heyday where the it was like them and tiger woods the most important athletes in the entire world you know golf and tennis are much more global than a lot of american sports mm-hmm. so they're the most important athletes at their time when they were in their heyday and we focus the movie on their dad yes that thousand percent a lot that thousand percent needs to be a movie about the people that actually accomplished something and not there's kind of mean dad like i don't get why we're focusing it around like a man like just let it be about the, the sisters i thought that also but then all i could think was um maybe the sisters like wanted like an ode to their dad mean dad Okay, well, obviously, Dan mean dad. Mean. Um, I think the things I took more issue with was like, um, at one point, he like I didn't realize he Serena kind of had to like force herself into tennis because he kind of just like stopped with her and just focused solely on Venus. So big ups to Serena, and that's awesome because I wouldn't have had that tenacity at that young of an age. Um. But I think the bigger issue is when he like looked at Serena and was just like, guess what, bitch? This was all planned. I always had planned that Venus would be the number one seed and that you'd be the greatest of all time. And then at the end, and like the end cries, it was like, just as Richard predicted. And it's like, I don't like that shit because I feel like then that's kind of 
like taking away the ownership of their accomplishments and giving them to Richard. Cause it's like, nobody could have predicted that. Like he hustled and he worked hard for those girls. But at the end of the day, if they didn't want it, if they didn't have the scale, it wouldn't have happened. He couldn't have predicted it. I took that line at the end completely differently. I don't think it's literally like praise Richard. He predicted it. That line to me came off like Richard's personality that he was the media hungry guy. He's the guy who's always in the face of the cameras. Be like, yep, I'm the coach. I did this. Blah, 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 blah. And so I think that last line has a dual meaning. It's not like cheer for King Richard. It's almost just like, yeah, that's his uh how big he inflated himself that even he predicted it it's almost i think it's a little bit more complex than just good on dad um i don't know i took that differently and i took dude i think this movie had to be about the dad and through his eyes look there can be a great movie that's through venus and serena and i would love to see it when they like go pro and stuff but them as kids the most interesting figure in their life is their crazy father who's mm-hmm. fucking turning down deals and forcing himself into country clubs and really like he's a complex weird person where he has good stuff about him bad stuff about him i don't think the movie's like trying to portray him don't they allude to like other children of his and like yeah. possibly infidelities with his wife like yeah he's an eccentric big character and if you're writing a movie like are you really going to write about an 11-year-old who you have to make up conflict like, oh, she's getting bullied at school or her best friend doesn't want to hang out with her. And oh, what's the conflict? Like the conflict relies on King Richard because he's so up and down and kind of crazy and wild. And you're like, oh, shit, is he about to shoot like gangbangers with his gun? Yeah. And he doesn't like shit like that where it's like he's going to have the more interesting storyline. So I, I love that it's through his eyes because I also feel like we get to the sisters through his eyes where you feel for them, where, where you're like, why isn't he fucking letting them play in juniors tournament? I see they want to play. Let him play. I don't know. You wouldn't get those emotions if it was just like through their eyes. Maybe, maybe if they were like, dad won't let us play. You could tell a compelling story through their eye, but I do like uh, that they went with more of the chaotic figure to tell the story through. I enjoyed that aspect. And I also think if you have young children playing sports at that level, that story is about the parent. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like some 12-year-old is not just hitting the courts that hard on their own and like making it to juniors and like trying to go pro and like getting free lessons. Like, I feel like, you know, like Olympian kids, a lot of that's got to be their parents. That's parents forcing their kids to choose stuff and like making them do that. Cause there have to be days where these kids are like, I don't feel like doing it. So I feel like you almost, when you're starting that young, you do kind of have to focus on the parents because I feel like just so much of it has to be coming out of the parents and not the kids. I want it from the perspective of the the Jan Brady's of that family. Oh fuck! The other three sisters were just like, you know what? Fuck off. Anybody else surprised? I did not know there were other William sisters, and they're all fucking awesome. Uh, by the way, this movie, yeah, Val Victorian. She she graduated Val Victorian, the oldest sister. Yeah, the rest were dumb. No, the rest could spell civilization on the spot. (laughs) Yeah. That was um, a weird like parlor trick. 
I, if you can't tell, dudes, I fucking love this movie, and maybe I have like an affection for tennis, so maybe that also uh, helps. You don't push have it. like an affection for tennis, like you live and breathe it. Sex faction, an obsession. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, I do like I, to I, like. There's the other sisters, and the movie was not shy to call out. Like the wife at one point was just like, "You have other kids that you don't give a shit about." In yeah. our house and outside of our house. Like, yeah. he was not letting the other kids play tennis. He even dropped Serena from tennis. And it was, like, the mom who took her to the courts and helped her sign up for juniors. So, I mean, they did, like, a pretty good job of just being, like, he was not always a great father or a great man. It just, like, all fucking kind of worked out. Yeah, it's just like it, it's good because it's like anyone. It paints him more human. If they made him all bad, it'd be like, okay, this is just a caricature. If he was all good, all right, this is a caricature. But he he's not unlike any other parent out there. You know what I mean? With like faults and flaws and anything else. So like, I think that was a good job just to humanize him. Um, and I think Will Smith fucking killed it. I think he deserved the Oscar because at no point in the movie was I confused about what he was feeling, what he was doing, and he has so many moments where he has to sit on the sideline silent and he just plays it where you're like, oh, why isn't he watching his daughters play? Like, he's at the match, but he's turned around. He's just listening to them play and he has these weird, like, OCD things he does where he's like, I can't be in the stands. I gotta be over here. I gotta watch it on TV. And he's doing a lot of this silently, but you're like, oh, I get it. I get that he's like maybe nervous or superstitious or he's just like so in the moment and hoping for the best. There's a lot he has to play and he does it really well. I think it's a very good performance. How do you uh, this is I think this might be the one of the first movies I've seen where tennis is the sport. How do you how does tennis like how's tennis filmed? Do you think it's good as a sports movie? Oh yeah, man! This was awesome. Like, like I'm all about baseball movies and basketball movies when it comes it to sports movies. Like better than his golf movie, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Yo, yeah, way better than the golf movie, uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. But so you think they did a good job of capturing it? I think they did a good job because they didn't let it take over the movie. Tennis was always shown just enough, but I think the movie was more interested in the family, the drama, the deals, the coaches, like all the back behind the scenes dealings that go on like down to the stuff where it's like hey at this country club that we're going to train at food is on the house i loved hearing shit like that i'm like that's like a fun detail that movies would just gloss over because no we got to focus on the drama and what's happening and just to be like nope you can eat burgers here hey don't eat french fries if you want to play well like i'm like that's fucking hilarious that these like small details are making their way into the movie there were two points I almost cried in this movie. Uh, one of them had to deal with food, but after it was either after a practice or a match, they're all sitting around eating ice cream, and maybe it's at the country club. They're all just like having ice cream. I almost fucking cried during that part. Why? It was just like a small detail, just like, oh yeah, that's what you do after like you play t-ball or something. You go get fucking ice cream. We're like, oh, we're just hanging out after practice. That resonated because it reminded me of childhood but it was just like such a sweet moment of like oh this family unit is just literally having ice cream and the movie wants to stop and pause and be like this has no bearing on the plot but it has so much bearing on the emotional weight of like what this family unit is i i found that so captivating i think what's really important 
I mean, I think it's insane that that made you want to cry. And I have questions about your mental health after this. But um, there's I also a second one. But Eric, sorry. Eric, how dare you say anything about how you feel in front of Lily? All right. Uh, you are mentally unstable. No, but I, just, shit. I think um, those smaller moments, I think. Not like, listen, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm a white woman. But I think maybe what's resonating with you is how often do we get movies of a family unit in like the black community where it's like dad's not just there. He's super fucking present. He's driving them places. He's taking them to the court. He's defending his kids. Even if he's getting the living shit beat out of him. He's stopping and getting them ice cream. He's telling them like, hey, good job winning, but also like stay humble. Like, um, interrupting reporters being like this bitch is confident and don't you dare question her otherwise like how oh, many that, those were so good lily every yeah, time like, it was just like how many she answer your question stop yeah like how many movies do we have showing like a black father 100 percent taking care of his black daughters like how many times have we lived through stereotypes of just like the broken family or like the dad just like not in the picture or the dad being a piece of shit like no matter what people think about Richard Williams like if you train them too hard if you push them into it at the end of the day like through this movie and like through interviews you could tell he deeply loved his children and the route that he took was out of deep love for his children and wanting the best for his children and you know maybe he had like a weird like media personality and like mm -hmm. really fed into that stuff but at the end of the day you could just tell like he he loved his kids and i just so maybe that's some of the emotion is just that that's not something you're seeing frequently and you know kudos to will smith because he gave us pursuit of happiness too which was a black father taking care of his young son and not like walking away when things got hard which i feel like is like such an easy trope that hollywood loves to fall into and prey on and so for the second time in the movie that i cried can you guess which scene so there's the ice cream scene guess which one that almost brought or did bring me a little bit to tears um, teary-eyed the scene where like they did like a montage of her like like trying on different outfit, like tennis outfits, and it was like she was kind of like getting her groove back and stuff. But did that happen in the movie? No, uh, <laughs> he's an idiot. Don't look no. Take care of business, and like, and Richard's there, and he's like shaking his head, shaking no, his head. like, mm -mm, no, like not that one, no daughter of mine. Okay, like, did type you of stuff. Get like emotional when she was getting iced out at the end, and oh, wait. and flustered, and Will Smith was just like back there. No, I know. Pacing. I know which one. It's Wasn't when, that... So there's the original gangbangers that are beating up King Richard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then one guy gets popped. And then there's the second gangbangers that are like, you and your family, we got you. We're your security guards now. I'm going to say it's that moment. Dang. I mean, that was an emotional moment, but it, it wasn't that. The part that got me, and again, it's a very benign thing, and it's something most movies fucking skip over because they would go, this has no bearing on the plot. Although the specific scene I'm going to mention does have a bearing on the plot, but there's something beautiful about the simplicity of it. King Richard 
gathers the family in the living room and is like, we're going to watch a movie. And he puts on Cinderella. And I fucking started getting teary-eyed seeing that scene. And the reason why is because it's another just like, movies hate showing people watching fucking TV or watching movies. I mean, they like showing people in theaters watching movies, but just like a family sitting around and watching TV. Now, yes, it has plot significance because after the movie... He's asking his daughters, like, what did you get out of this? What are the lessons? Because he's always trying to teach them. Everything's a teachable moment. So there is that aspect to it. But take away that. That's just a beautiful thing, a family sitting down and gathering around the TV and fucking watching a movie. And it doesn't matter what fucking movie it is. I could give two shits that it was Cinderella or anything else. It's just a really awesome thing. I don't know if you guys remember Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, sit down and literally watch an episode of Leo's show that he was on. And they're just watching TV. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. A movie that has that much confidence just to be like, no, we're just going to sit down and watch TV. And fuck all of that's moving the plot. This is just what people do. And that's very emotional. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. Dang. I feel like you need like a good cuddle, Eric. <laughs> no, he's a good TV watcher. And- I will say, I feel like... um what I really enjoyed because it happens in that scene when they're watching Cinderella is I like um the mom because like you know she goes along with Richard but like sometimes she just like puts her foot down where he's just like they they gave him good answers about what Cinderella teaches you and he just like wasn't accepting them because they weren't <laughs> the answer he specifically wanted so he's right. like we're gonna watch it again and she's like the fuck we are we're not and that came up frequently throughout the movie and i love that because i feel like um they could have painted her as disrespectful and they didn't instead it was just like that's really how relationships are sometimes we're like sometimes you go along but sometimes it's just like listen you've gone too fucking far like yeah you cannot drive away without my kids you cannot make choices about our future and the kids futures without consulting me first and it doesn't mean that they love each other any less and it doesn't mean they're on the brink of divorce it just means like sometimes when you're in long-term relationships with people you have to like reset boundaries and you have to like know when to ignore them and when to like push and i feel like it was just like a really nice way to show a healthy complicated long-term relationship I love it. I agree with you, Lily. I think that, yeah, exactly. Every relationship, there's always a power struggle. One person has too much power. The other person needs power. It's a back and forth. I think this movie, everything you said, I I agree with. They show it very nicely from scene to scene, like who holds the power, what boundaries are being set, how how do they want to run their family, what are the terms of today, and how do we get through today with um, making sure we're both in check? It's good stuff. Because they never put their relationship in jeopardy, which I appreciate. Because I feel like a movie like this where it's like kids on the rise, it could be like tearing this family apart. The parents are fighting. But there was plenty of times where the mom like let the dad know like, hey, you have kids outside of this marriage that you don't take care of. And we don't talk about it, but we both know it's there. And you know what? I see you not training Serena anymore. I'm training her and I'm signing her up first off behind your back and he doesn't get like explosive with her and like screaming at her like i'm the man of this family and you can't do this stuff it's just like him being like fuck yeah all right all right i'll reel it back in and i just feel like that's so much more honest and i feel like a cheaper movie 
would make that more of like we're on the brink of divorce and there's yeah. just crazy fighting within the household as opposed to just like like a normal amount of fighting for people who've been together forever i think i'm gonna give some kudos to the director which i i didn't know the other movies he made i don't know yeah it seems like this might be like it's not his first movie but his first significant like milestone um, but I think I mean I think I'm using the term correctly, but I think he was really good at um like setting up like set pieces, like especially the one that I've been really thinking of is when she's like at her first juniors competition, and mm. she gets in there and they set it up like right in the beginning, just as it like, gets a throwaway line where it's like, hey, you're gonna have to keep your own score. There's no um. There's no like judges. You just kind of, yeah, you kind of like line judges and stuff. You just kind of keep your own score. And so just like opening up the opportunity of a little foul play. Mm. But, and they set up like kind of um, her opponent, like her opponent's dad already kind of being like the dickish guy. And like she's up mm. against this other girl. And like the dad is kind of being like kind of cheating about it where you just like say it's out say it's out when it really wasn't out and that whole thing like the tension it was building was giving me such anxiety in this small like like oh my god they're really gonna cheat her out of this yeah mm. and just to I, I just that whole set piece of like like a little mini story there and they set it up perfectly and they set it up so quickly and it like it really like emotionally grabbed me where i was like oh my god they're really gonna fucking do it to venus yeah and then, i mean it foreshadows pretty well where the movie's gonna end up too Mm. we're like yeah that's gonna be like a lifelong thing where you're gonna get just small fucking cheats like that constantly oh no it's called strategy baby and just because a 14 year old couldn't handle it you can't get cold out there yeah it's called strategy the spanish cheating the spanish know how to do it that's called cheating (laughs) she had to take a big (laughs) shit everyone thought it was (laughs) shitty oh yeah what if the what if legit why don't they show the real story what's the spanish lady's name vicario 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 Imagine show from Vicario's angle. She's working hard to be the best tennis person in the world. And she has to go up against this 14 year old. And she had a fucking Taco Bell the night before (laughs) and just show show the scene. I want to see the scene of Vicario pantsless on a toilet trying to squeeze (laughs) out a huge shit. Sweat beating down her fucking forehead. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, oh my god! And she's screaming, "I need more toilet paper!" It's a whole endeavor. They're wiping her down with a towel. Just <laughs> she's dripping shit. down her legs. I, yeah, I that was watch, real. That. That's not what was happening. They get that angle. They they do a they make an artistic decision and have her on a glass toilet. Do a real, a real triangle of sadness on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Whoa. All right. <laughs> that's that's the movie I want to see. Doesn't have to be long either. I mean, you kind of. Oh, go for it, Lily. I was saying, you know what I really like too. Um, so this chick shitting her brains out, which she wasn't. (laughs) But I do, cause like at that point, she's just a fourteen-year-old girl. But like, imagine just like later on your career, just being like, I can't believe I pulled that shit on Venus, (laughs) fucking (laughs) Williams, and then like you see all the coaches in the beginning who like passed on working with them, and you know, like at some point in their life they had to have been like 
God fucking damn. I really screwed the oh, pooch. All right. There's yeah. another thing where I'd be pissed off if I was Richard Williams. Okay. So Will Smith, handsome ass dude, right? Yeah. Has to ugly the fuck up to be <laughs> Richard Williams, right? Bad, yeah. He has to ugly the fuck up. The their their coach, their tennis coach. Mm-hmm. I saw the real picture of him at the end of this movie. Tedious. The real dude <laughs> looked like uh, uh, Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> except with more jacked up teeth. And they get this hot piece of ass to play okay, him, and he has to be really and he's, that he's a hot piece of ass. He's hot. He, they they made him more beautiful. The second coach, the second coach that takes him to their compound yeah. and and has the free burgers and all that shit. The real dude is is a fucking ugly motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and the actor that plays him, which I think is the guy from the Walking, Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a good he's like a handsome dude. But he looked like a dink in that. He looked like a dink, but he didn't look like he was <laughs> missing pieces of of cell like cell information. <laughs> <laughs> and they made him look a lot better. It's like why couldn't you do that to King Richard? Is let let Will Smith be at least a little handsome. There's hey. no happy medium in these movies. You're either making someone look way hotter than they are or way worse than they are. Like there's never just like the only accuracy in this was the sisters yeah the sisters um those two actresses were fucking phenomenal like they came across so natural and just came across as kids i don't know it it totally worked for me you know what eric you're saying there are so many little moments that you appreciated and you know what now that you say that there were so many fucking moments where they just let them be kids like where they were doing like rhymes or um chasing each other around the car or like just like giving like little snide i feel like there were so many minutes where i was just like i wonder if they told those kids to do that or if those were just kids fucking around on set because like there were a lot of moments where they were very much just kids like kids will do stuff having kids and, and just knowing this like kids will do stuff where it's like you can tell somebody like, oh, you have to walk. Hey, in this scene, walk from the house to to a car to the van, right? Walk. You're going. You're going from the house to the van, and they'll just walk. And that's all that's necessary. But like kids will do stuff where it's just like they're walking, and then it's just like, and eh, now I'm doing a weird walk, <laughs> and they like let them do their weird walks. Yeah. Like oh, I'm walking like an elephant now. Yeah. Uh, to go back to Mark's point about um, Vicario <laughs> taking a huge shit. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> they didn't do that in this movie, but they have King Richard fucking rip ass at a meeting, and it was awesome. By the way, oh, so, there's several scenes in this movie where King Richard has to go meet with like people who want to invest in his daughters or whatever, and they're always throwing out big numbers and blah, 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 or making these like, comments that don't seem rude but then our boy richard catches them he's like hey what the fuck do you mean by that that seems a little condescending that seems a little i loved all those scenes because he was very tactful like everyone thinks he's crazy because he keeps turning down people are saying like no we're not gonna fucking do these tournaments no we're not gonna accept this money like we're investing in something bigger than this bullshit or whatever um but he goes to a meeting with they offend him. They offer an amount that seems low. They seem slimy, these guys. So Richard fucking farts and then leaves the meeting. And I'm like, that's awesome. That That's such a good like use of a dramatic fart. Yeah, <laughs> or nonverbal communication. Not dramatic farts, really, <laughs> in cinema. 
the master also has a good fart scene. Remember when um, Joaquin Phoenix is being probed by Philip Seymour Hoffman? They're doing like the test or whatever. And then Joaquin Phoenix lets one rip. Yeah. I just, Anyways. Paul, it's um, Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Yeah. I just noticed after a while, just like all of his movies are just sad boys walking around. <laughs> it's being good shit. Sad. That's all his movies, just sad boys walking around places. Sad boys. I'm like, oh, oh my all God. Right. I just, I think I like, I drowned, like I dazed out of that movie when it was just Joaquin Phoenix going back and forth between the window and the wall, back and <laughs> forth. The and just, yeah, it, it lasted for half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm curious if that's an inside joke to that song from the window to the wall. And I know you're going to say that's fucking ridiculous. Why would a 1950s movie that's kind of the exploration of the start of Scientology have a from the window to the wall reference that makes no fucking sense but this is the same director in there will be blood which is about the early 1900s oil drillers uh he makes a joke where someone's like i'm your brother from another mother and it's like no one would say that in 1910 that's like a 90s early 2000s thing like brother from another mother and he puts that in his movie so i wonder if it's a little window to the wall thing this is all i'm just happy he put Paul F. Tompkins in two minutes of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, can I pitch a, uh, a maybe a slightly better movie for King Richard? And as it was happening, I was like, fuck, I wish this movie turned into this. So early on in the movie... It's not that chick taking a shit? <laughs> yeah, it's not that. Early on in the movie, Richard keeps taking his daughters to their tennis court in Compton. And it's kind of run down. It's in the ghetto. And they have to deal with like gangbangers and people either harassing his other daughters or just like stirring up shit and then he gets beat up a lot right well we find out he's a security guard for his job or he like does security yeah so he has a gun on him and about 25 minutes into the movie usually right when you know you want your inciting incident to kick in you're kind of wrapping up act one and we're going to get into the main meat of the movie he tracks down the gang members pulls out his gun and it looks like he's either gonna go threaten them scare them who the fuck knows? Maybe pistol whip one of them or maybe shoot one of them. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And as he's going up to them, the gangbanger gets like shot by a drive by. So he ends up leaving and nothing comes of it. It's just like this weird situation where maybe he was going to be violent, but didn't have to and just kind of goes, fuck, okay, I'm out of here. There was a part of me that just like, man, I want to see the movie about like the dad who's the tennis coach trying to train his kid to be tennis players. And then it turns into fucking death wish. It turns into taxi driver where he's like, I got to clean up these tennis courts. And he's going after gangbangers and the clan and fucking <laughs> <The shitty clan>. neighbors. <laughs> Nazis. Like starts, it's like, holy shit. He is going fucking taxi I, driver on these motherfuckers. I thought you were awesome. rooting for him to kill that guy, I, so I would watch that. I thought you were gonna say like he sees the the the, the murder happen and he gets framed for it. Oh, and then they're coming after him. He's just like, I didn't do it. I didn't kill him. I don't care. And then he jumps off a waterfall. <laughs> it's, oh, fugitive with King yeah. Richard. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> Bad. I do have one complaint about the movie, and it's a common complaint with these dramas, and it's only one. One complaint. Kind of has that pursuit of happiness, weak-ass score shit, where it's just kind of like noise in the background. It's the classic jazzy piano or just kind of like uplifting strings. It has no personality. And again, 
I'm sure the composer's fine. I'm not. I just feel like that's the default mode where maybe you don't have a clear vision of like, no, let's make an interesting score. Maybe it's all organ or maybe it's all violin or maybe it's all this or whatever. Let's have an interesting take on what the music is. Oh, tennis balls, how they hit back and forth. Maybe it's like percussion and more rhythmic to show like time passing or something like that. Instead, they kind of default to like, eh, put piano and some uplifting strings here and there and don't really make a scene of it. And that's always kind of like, again, it's a small nitpick, but... It is something where I'm like, ah, fuck, come on, do something with the score. I would rather the score follow to the background and have me not notice it than be so noticeable that it's like taking me out of the movie. <clears throat> so I feel like I was fine with it. I don't know. There, maybe it's growing up in the uh, the John Williams and who's the uh, fucking stupid Danny episode. Elfman, Danny Elfman era of of movies like you know '90s to the early 2000s. Or it's just the fact that Eric pointed out that M. Night's new movies kind of do what you're saying, where the, the music goes into the background and his old movies like Signs, it's more Ooh. theatrical, you yeah. know, the scores and more all encompassing and really push the movie forward. Man, it is it's hard to beat when you've got like like Star Wars, mm. like like Star Wars movies, like the music is again because it's John Williams. The the music is so recognizable and it's like, man, when you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, you know, it's kind of nice to have though that score. You know, I was gonna say I feel like my biggest nitpick with this movie is um, and maybe the score has something to do with it, Eric. Like subliminally that I didn't realize is especially at the beginning, and especially because they made such a bad choice of doing like Forrest Gump water boy voice. It did read almost a little afternoon special to me at some points, like very like, remember the Titans, we're watching this in class, we're going to learn a story about overcoming obstacles Mm. when you're a minority. And it didn't always stay in that mode. I think there was a lot of times where it broke that mold, but there, especially the beginning, and I think it's just like hard to get a story going sometimes. But it did at first have those feels to me. But I wonder if you did have like a more punchy score, if that would help. But when you go with something kind of generic, it sets that weird tone of like bland and like putting almost like that filter of it on it. As where if you'd done like an edgy score, it would have immediately had a different feel to it. Yeah, this movie starts even with like opening narration by Richard. And then it quickly disappears and never comes back into the movie. And you're just kind of like, oh, are they just trying to get their footing? Like, they don't really know what they want to do. Like you said, afternoon special. There's opening narration that starts to set up something and then kind of disappears. And you're like, well, why why even have that if that's not going to have any significance? And then, yeah, everything you just said. So maybe that kind of lent itself to be kind of vanilla or bland kind of in that beginning, trying to find its footing. So um, my... um... My TikTok has gone through a lot of iterations of what it shows me. Started off a lot with skate videos, mm-hmm. you know. More recently was um, airplane crashes showing all what of the... What the fuck? Yeah, well, you know, because I was searching about, like, I was going to, I had a flight coming up, so I was, like, searching stuff about airplanes because I'm scared of flying. So TikTok was like, oh, this dude's scared of, of flying. Okay. Why don't we show him every airplane crash that's ever happened and the fatality count? 
So uh, that Man, was filled TikTok's up. TikTok's evil. Yeah, yeah. So, but recently it's gone from evil to amazing. So I forgot how much I love this movie, but it's been s- just slowly showing me the entire movie of Moneyball. But like it, it'll show, it'll just like randomly show me a two minute clip of it throughout the last month or so, and I feel like I've seen that entire movie through TikTok out of order. We just got to do a, a we got to do like a thirteen episode podcast on Moneyball. Wow, Abs- that's just the one movie. Too long. What I, I love movie. it. Moneyball is Moneyball like, is like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, like any yeah. of these fucking dad movies. They're so good. This is what you got to do. And it's exactly. Shit. It's exactly the last what I did the last time I watched Moneyball. You sit yourself down alone. You order yourself some dumplings and what are the the is it like Vietnamese buns? Ooh, uh, the pork belly buns. Pork belly buns, and you turn on Moneyball and you just fill your fat face with some of that food watch brad pitt talk a little baseball jonah hill talk a little math our girl movies like the equivalent to like me sitting around watching a romance movie no well this is moneyball is hardly a sports movie i mean it's a movie about sports but there's not any really any baseball no but you know what i mean is it the equivalent of a romance movie yeah because like you two are getting hot and heavy over here about them oh they hit a sweet spot you know what it is? I th- oh god, it's it's all right. It's like um, you know how there's the stereotype of what like like we'll say maybe The Rock or Vin Diesel is like the stereotype of what like an alpha male is, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like a strong person, the leader, they're brave, they're literally going just like killing people in movies and shit. Just like that is like a, a physically, like, the rock is literally a strong person. Mm-hmm. The, the movie Moneyball, Brad Pitt's character is like the subtle version of what like every like quote unquote like alpha male dude has like deep inside of them where they're like, oh, that's what I should be. He's like confident in it. He's bucking the trend. He's telling other alpha males to fuck off and they're listening mm, to him he's yeah. telling philip yeah, yeah. seymour hoffman to shut his fat fucking mouth and fucking sit giambi and philip seymour hoffman's giving him shit back and he's firing people but he's doing it all calm he's doing it Phil all looks good too he's got that stash oh, he's got he, the coach oh my up. god and then mm. and then there's that scene where he goes to his ex-wife's house oh baby their daughter mm-hmm. and his ex-wife's fucking husband is there and he's this little soy boy bitch and <laughs> but like subtly subtly like like the the, the, the like, listen listen, listen. And listen, the movie. listen he's in this little soy boy bitch but they're doing it in such a way where it's like 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 he he doesn't know how to pronounce giambi's last name and even the <laughs> wife is like, oh, you mean Giambi, honey? You mean Giambi? And and just Brad Pitt's there just like confident. And they try to give his 12-year-old daughter a cell phone. She's fucking 12. That's something that mommy and daddy talk about first, okay? <laughs> Anyways, it's just a great what movie. Is that? What did anything that I'm just, just saying, poured out of your mouth do with my question? Your question of whether it's like a romance movie or a romantic comedy it is a movie where it's like Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's not, not yes, answering. Yes, not. It's, it's like that because he's. It's like what every guy subtly wants to be inside, like that. He's he personifies that. 
Okay. I'll answer your question, Lily. Thank you, Eric. There's a scene, multiple scenes no. where Brad Pitt <laughs> <laughs> is wearing uh, a windbreaker, like a green windbreaker. Oh, hell yeah. With that tan. Gum. It's an overcast day, and maybe he's sitting in an empty field, sitting in the stands, waiting to talk to some guy about horseshit business stuff. And you're like, man, I would love to take a seat in one of those chairs and that windbreaker. Just kind of take a sit. And that's that's why we love this shit, man. Okay, so you watch these movies <laughs> the wishing that you um had big dick energy that you don't have. Yes. I yes. watch romance movies wishing I was getting a big dick <laughs> that I'm not getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes, kid you not. Yes, Lily, yes. It's between 12 monkeys and, and, and listen. You know you're a lesson. We watched that. And you, you yourself were like, you're, what? You're not letting fuck? me finish. You're not letting me finish. <laughs> between 12 monkeys and Moneyball, those two movies, Brad Pitt's never looked better. Ooh. Moneyball, he looks, he's a fine wine. Okay. I didn't even make it to see him in 12 monkeys. Well, you watched, it was have that you ever bad. seen Moneyball? Yeah. Bits and pieces, I think. I don't know if I've sat down and said, watch You got to get on TikTok because it'll just keep showing it to you. <laughs> Honestly, let's put this out to the listeners. Do you want us to start doing like a dad podcast where we talk about <laughs> Lily, dad movies? <laughs> and then Lily starts a podcast and she talks about romantic movies. And it's called the same podcast. Dad and mom podcast. <laughs> watch one for dad, one for mom. <laughs> Uh, Dad, what for mom? What for mom? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> one last Dad, recommendation. Dad. <laughs> are you two sitting down? I can yes. see you. Yeah. So you are sitting down. Ready for this? Mark, have you ever seen the Michael Fassbender starring Danny Boyle directed Steve Jobs movie? No, I've heard it's great, though. That's a Moneyball-esque movie. That's you Watch it. Just watch it because it's Aaron Sorkin. Our boy did a few good men, West Wing, Social Network. This it's his script. And Danny Boyle did 20 Days Later directing it. It's fucking riveting because it's guys in back rooms and ladies in back rooms arguing about computers for fucking two and a half hours. And they're just like, Can we go to launch with this? No, it's not ready yet. Why can't we take it to launch? It's too expensive. Take it to launch. No, we can't do it. It's that for two and a half hours. Absolutely riveting. It's a dad movie through and through. <laughs> All right. So um, one for dad, one for mom. One for dad. One for mom. Okay. Uh, emancipation. <laughs> no, I want to say something about King Richard really quick. Yeah. Because like I feel like I learned a lot of things that I did not previously know. Like there are other William sisters. Sorry, you guys suck. Um, but also, I found it really mind-bending when people were interviewing Richard and people were offering endorsements to Venus and this bitch wasn't even playing like she was no longer playing juniors she wasn't pro she was just by herself at this place playing and that like really I need like a sports expert to explain that shit to me. Is it just like these sporting companies knew about her because she was at this famous facility and other people talk or just like, hey, she's not playing in a game. So no one really knows how good she is. But like low key, we know she's good. Like I found that just really crazy that at different points, 
like Nike was going to offer her a million dollars, three million dollars, and she wasn't even playing games. I, I think it was I took it as that she wasn't playing professionally. She was still doing like the amateur tournaments. No, Um, but also like these sports people like they're legit. Like, let's say like in baseball, they're like legit looking at kids that are 13 in high school. Like yeah. they know they know. And you're especially going to know when your dad is King Richard, who's like your main hype man. I just found it really. It just like really blew my mind, to be honest with you, that like. You could not even be playing for people to like watch a match and be like, oh, she's doing really well. Like that you could just be practicing and people want to throw like that kind of money at you. Like, I don't know. It just. I just didn't realize it was like that. There was a weakness of the movie, not like explaining that because I was like a little confused, too, on that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies do that. And I feel like a lot of celebrities do that, do that where it's like they'll tell you everything up until when they got that record deal and you're like okay i get that you've got a record deal but like fucking how all right I'm- you know what i mean like like oh were you related to someone did you how did you get into a meeting how'd you get this person to your show i feel like um it's like gatekeeping almost where like celebrities and movies and memoirs and documentaries like they never want to tell you those like pivotal steps of how you get from point a to point c like they don't want to tell you the nitty-gritty of b of like oh the reason that person got signed was because they like they had a connection well yeah i think it's legit i'm not even trying to like bring up like something that's been topical but i think it's legit like oh yeah their their dad or their mom knows somebody or their dad or their mom was in show business or their dad and their mom is rich and owns a company that's associated with somebody or it's like you know country club but like i hate that because like the jackson family it's like oh they're so poor they're so poor but then they just fucking make it big by sheer talent but like i'm pretty sure isn't like stevie wonder a cousin or something like that so it's like just be honest with me. Just like be honest with me that like you knew somebody who knew somebody. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's what bothers me the most in these kind of movies is just like, like how the fuck was Richard getting the addresses to some of these people? So you're looking for that minutiae. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. You know what? I was confused because the movie starts by being like Venus Serena. They're two peas in a pod. They're fucking phenomenal. They like have such a grasp of the game of tennis and are very skillful. But when they meet with that first coach, who's like, who's he playing with? Like Peter Frampton or I don't know. the John, John, John McEnroe. McEnroe? Yeah, John McEnroe and then the other dude. When they work with that coach, that coach is like, all right, girls, come on out. And he starts like volleying with them and they're playing. But then he's like, all right, Serena, take go grab some water with your dad. I'm going to work with Venus. But nothing in that scene showed us why he zeroed in on Venus. There's no like, oh, uh, Serena missed a couple or hit the net a couple times and Venus got them all over. And they really emphasize that. And that's why he tactfully picked. It almost felt arbitrary. They was just like, Honestly, I felt that scene. He was going to be like, all right, Venus, me and you one-on-one. All right, Venus, go grab some water. Serena, me and you one-on-one. Like, yeah. I thought that's where it was going, and they don't. And the rest of the movie is just like, it's all about Venus. Here's the thing, and maybe they mentioned it, maybe they didn't. They kept saying, like, younger sister, but maybe they could have emphasized, too. It's just like, 
Serena like reads younger or she just like so that's why everyone kept zeroing on Venus because like she's the older sister she has more experience more potential Uh, but they you're right they don't really make that clear we just know that because we kind of know like their story a little bit so we're like oh yeah, yeah they both become pro eventually but if you had never heard of these people and you were just watching the movie for the first time it does feel a little arbitrary why they zero in on Venus when both of them look fucking just as good as each other side by side or also just like how the fuck did you get in there with John McEnroe there? This country club doesn't have any security. Like, I know that's minutia, but like, I kind of want it. Cause to me, that's like the unbelievable stuff. You know what I mean? Like how it's the, how that I'm interested in. Mm. All right. Well, emancipation's up next. Don't need the how in that one. Uh, so this I- Oh, okay. sorry. Go for it. I was just gonna say I'm little, I'm dreading this one a little bit. I might need to uh, watch it with you guys because I don't have Apple. Is it on Amazon? I think it's an Apple movie, like exclusive. Come on over, baby. Yeah, it's either Amazon or Apple. I'm not sure. Maybe I can find it, but um, we should watch it and then knee jerk podcast. Oh, that could be good. Off the hat. I'm down with that. So what would you guys think at the end of the day, King Richard? We've been kind of like talking about the exhaustion maybe with Will Smith just because it's such a long filmography. It's kind of similar in a weird way to Tom Cruise, blockbuster star. Sometimes he dips into drama. This felt a little bit like water in a desert where I'm just like, okay, cool. We're just watching like a nice drama. Will Smith is good. It's nothing like brainless sci-fi craziness, which I'm all about, by the way. But it, it, it felt good just to be watching a drama. I'll say this. The voice bothered me a lot. I really mm, like okay. the movie. This shouldn't have been his Oscar win. I think if we're going along these lines, I think he was much better in Pursuit of Happiness. I oh, liked pursuit. it. Um, but this is the type of movie where you do have to force me to watch it. Yeah. I'm not gravitating towards this. That's mm. why I appreciate this podcast because... I wasn't like running to watch it, not to say I was avoiding it, but you're right. The only reason I watch it is for the podcast and I'm glad we did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's a good movie. I think it, uh, I think it's sad that he sullied it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like um, there's just a, t- there's a weird taste around the entire thing. Cause he sullied he it. He fucked up so much shit. He fucked up. Um, oh God. I can't think of his name. The drummer from the roots. Quest Love. Quest Love had just won. Yeah. Mm. Or like he just won after the fact, right? Because he, yeah. he had to do his speech. And then the fucking Serena, v- Venus, and King Richard are there watching this and they have to like, oh, great. This dude just slapped somebody and made it all about mm. that. That's that's cool. Thanks for this ode to my father as you just slapping <laughs> right. Chris Rock around when you should have been spanking him like a baby. And it's just, it's a real, it's a real tarnish. It's going to be something that people always associate him with and i feel like that's just you know a real disappointment especially like this was a good movie again i don't know if he should have won the oscar for it but it was a good movie and it just like it sucks that he had to like put that stink on it and i feel like for me there'll be stink on movies for a while with him like you know next bad boys i'm sure it'll be good but it still will be like should I be laughing? Should I be okay with him? As we're like, it was just better when I didn't have to think about should I be okay with him? Because yeah. you know, like I do try and avoid movies with pieces of shit who make them. Not that he's a piece of shit, but you know what I mean? Like, 
I tend to veer away from movies where like I know the person's done something weird. All right. Well, that's a podcast, right? Yeah. I think so. Do better, Will. We love I you. Still, but do better. Ten out of ten tennis balls. Pervert. Pervert. <laughs> Two big rackets. Ten out of ten glass toilets. Whoa. From oh, yes. the Spanish lady. She's shitting in a glass toilet. We're watching it. Oh, the angles from below. Don't watch the Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs movie. Watch the Michael Fassbender okay. Danny Boyle. What if we watch both? Simultaneously? <laughs> watch both. But Mark, I'm telling you, man, it's 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 exactly what you think it nah, is. I mean, honestly, the next movie I'm seeing, me and I'm popping on Moneyball for Lily. Oh, good call. <laughs> We're okay. watching it. Moneyball too. Oh, my dad and my brother went and okay. saw John Wick How again. We have to go. Okay. <laughs> Just throw Wait, that out there. Again? For a second. Remember time? he went and the movie like Oh, it's stopped. It died. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah. went. They went. So that's Good. out there in the universe, guys. All right. Bye everybody. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>